here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, hey, I trust everyone is doing well today. Welcome back to the Dharmic Evolution. I'm glad you're here. Hey, uh, go over to thedharmicevolution.com and sign up for your favorite platform. I know you like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, Pandora, and a bunch of others. But this way, every Friday morning, the show will come right to your phone. We are like your own personal assistant to help you through your day. And if you like this show, please share it with someone close to you or someone that may need this particular content today. So send it over to them. It's easy to do that in these days, right? And I want to thank all of you that have left comments or reviews. They are very much appreciated. Please do leave a five-star review for us, and I will put them on the Dharmic Evolution website so that you can, in, you and everybody else can see them. If you scroll down to the bottom of the home page, you can see all the reviews and comments posted right there. And we would really like you to join the party uh, and leave your thoughts with us. That would be killer awesome. And also the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page is looking for you. If you're a singer-songwriter, author, speaker, or thought leader, post your content on the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page and watch the support you will get from both fans and other artists and creatives on that site. All artistry is welcomed. And please, no spammers, no selling of wheelbarrows or fishing equipment or large used ladies' underwear. Sorry, that's not what it's there for. Um, sometimes I have to go in there and I got to police everybody. You know, this is for, for creatives, okay, and, and people who want to support creatives. My guest today has been on this show before, and he is the only symphony conductor I've ever had on this show, and what a creative guy this is. Uh, his diverse musical style spanned through many genres. In 2010, his orchestra, the Pangean Orchestra, united instruments and musicians from around the world. It gained international recognition to where he was nicknamed World Maestro. And this guy's just slamming. I mean, he never stops creating, uh, he never stops traveling, and he never stops learning. Uh, who's become kind of a dear friend at this point. I uh, want you guys to put your hands together for a warm welcome with uh, Colin O'Donohoe. And strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today from the Music City all the way to Oregon. Well, my friend, welcome back to the Dharmic Evolution. It's good to see you. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always awesome to be on your show. And congratulations on your new assistant, um, Saren. Am I saying it Jaren. right? Jaren. Say it again. Jaren. Jaren. Okay, I knew yes. I would mess it up, but your new uh, assistant and your wife, I should uh, say. Yes, my wife. <laughs> yes. It's a Turkish name, and the C makes a J sound. Got it. Know? Got and it. Uh, Jaren, thank you for setting this up and for all the behind the scenes. So uh, She's a rock star. Yeah, I could tell. I could tell already. So... Uh, you're a very, very lucky man, I know already. I am. <laughs> totally agree. 
Yeah, congratulations on on so much has happened to you in the last couple of years since um, <clears throat> even you know before COVID and everything else. Um, you had been in a transition for a while, um, like many of us, uh, going through changes in life and everything. And I'm so happy for your uh, your new marriage. You're you're you know you're traveling around the world and doing so many things. So if you want to just catch us up to like. I got a whole bunch of things I want to ask you about, but just like where you are now and uh, where you've been the last six months, to, six to 18 months, like your okay. journey during this pandemic and yeah, so forth. Yeah, I would be happy to catch yeah. you up. Cool. Uh, so, well, I'm in beautiful Oregon right now, and I've never been to Oregon before, uh, but we chose to come here. Uh, I had some projects that I'm in the middle of working on uh, with Jaren, and we wanted just some place to kind of be away and be in the woods and concentrate on our work. So after a, a very tumultuous and awesome and yet crazy 12 months, um, Oregon seemed like a very peaceful place. And unfortunately, there were some major, major fires here uh, in the last two weeks. And I want to make sure I extend my deepest admiration for the firefighters and for all the people that work as such a beautiful team in the most dire of situations, they, they, as we drive away from the fire, they're driving into it. And because of people like that, we were able to come back to this beautiful home. So I'm really in deep awe of those people. Uh, I can't say enough about them. And for us in the last 12 months, yeah, it's been pretty, it's been pretty awesome. Uh, and it's been pretty crazy for just like everyone else. If I can uh, interject say, just for a second about the fires, yeah. we've been watching this play out. Um, you know, I'm in Tennessee now, that's my new home, but just yeah. watching it, like it's, it's so frightening to see that. And you have, you know, on one hand, this, a lot of the city's burning down, which is crazy. And, and then you yeah. have this insanity in California and Oregon of like, how much more can this keep going on because it's been doing this for like the last 20 years or so and it seems like it's getting worse all the time the fires out west just crazy well for my knowledge of being a new newbie here in oregon and watching the news coverage here in oregon uh people lifelong oregonians have said this is the first year that anything has ever been like this in their state wow and uh and the the real craziness too is the nature one of the reasons we came to oregon is it's beautiful nature yeah and one of the charming things is we had this little husband and wife turkeys uh this little couple that would come visit uh into our area every day they because we live right by the river the mohawk river and they would come down and then they go up and it's the animals too they're losing their home um so you have to worry about the ecosystem and yeah. beautiful animals like that and how do they survive when there's when they're breathing in the ash and all that stuff too um so yeah, it, 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 it's definitely getting worse. And in a place like Oregon, for people that are 60 or 70 to say they've never seen anything like this. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty scary. And to have driven away from the fire, we were in the, we left a few hours before it was mandatory evacuation. And when we were driving out in every direction, all you could see was fire and the sky was red and it was like some kind of apocalypse movie. And the craziest part of it is as we drove, drove even an hour uh, past away from the fire, this, it was so immense that you could still see nothing but ash snowing down and 
smoke and I can't describe it. It's, it was crazy. So very frightening. I'm glad you got back to your, to your home safely. That's amazing. And I don't know how those guys do it. And those women who just put their lives on the line, literally to, you know, to fight this beast. It's, it's, it's insane. I don't even know how they, how they manage it, but thankfully they do. Yeah. And so, so let's talk about the fun, happy stuff. Uh, so yeah. a year, about a year ago, I embarked on a, on a bit of an Asian tour and I went to Japan and then South Korea and then Mongolia. And I was doing it as a part of a, a project I was working on for the Pangean Orchestra. And I'm, tr- I'm in the middle of a program where I'm interviewing uh, at least one musician from every country on the planet. And I want to get into how do they approach music? Uh, what does it mean to them? What sounds good to them? Why do they do it? Uh, just the technical aspects of their instrument and how it's played. And so I was in a bit of a very deep project of talking to some master level musicians in these countries. And it was, it was, it was like a dream for me. I love uh, learning about music and especially when I have the chance to meet real masters. And uh, I did some interviews in the, the National Hall for Mongolia uh, for their orchestra. And that was really, really great. Uh, so while we were doing this adventure, Jaren was with me, of course. Um, you know, we got to see a lot of great. We got, you know, there's some crazy things that just happened. And one of the most pivotal moments for me was in Mongolia. Uh, in Mongolia, I was able to see a lot of concerts, uh, jam with some bands backstage and just get to know them and their vibe and how they're writing and how they're performing and and what it's like to be a the life of a musician in Mongolia. When and you were then, jamming, Colin, were you on um were you obviously drums. on percussion, right? Yeah, I figured yeah. that out. Okay, yeah, I, I brought sure. I one of my favorite drums to bring is a kanjira. It's oh. an Indian drum. It's a very small frame drum. Right. But you can get all the kind of characteristics of a drum set on that drum. Yeah. And I know I'm playing it in a very anglicized, very, you know, not Indian style, but I'm yeah. playing an American style. But they I've probably the appreciate drum. that, though, you know, because I hope it's so. different, you know, to them, probably. Yeah. yeah. They probably look at it and go, oh, man, what's this guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> but it fits. And, and because you can bend the drum head, you can get different pitches. So you can listen to what the musicians are playing and you can start to match and get in tune with them. And your bass drum sound, the open sound can match and be the root of the chord that they're playing. So the Kenjira gives you a lot of opportunities to match and be very musical while also doing the accompanying rhythms. So that's why it's my go-to drum for travel. It's very small. It's solid wood, so it doesn't crack in your your bags as you're traveling from country to country. So I really I'm a big fan of that drum. Great. And it and it it's my key. It's my it's my entrance into the room. So that I've got this drum and you know if if you were joining a group and they were great and you're jamming and, and you're just say on a cowbell cranking the heck out of it, then people would ask you to stop and just watch. But when you play and they like it and they're starting to loosen up and they're starting to play a little, yeah. then they appreciate you. And then, and then you can kind of get to a higher level of respect among each other that, oh, this guy is a musician. Oh, I can talk to him. Yeah. He's put in thousands of hours practicing. I can tell by how he's playing. So I feel safe talking to him and we can rap about this, even if we need a translator uh, from Mongolian to English or Japanese to English. On a musical vibe, we're 
totally eloquent and we can speak to each other in that language. And you only get to that level by practicing and practicing and sacrificing other things to stay home and practice or stay home and put on the headphones and get deep into the sounds of a group and really listen to what they're doing. You put in those hours, you get to this level and then you're welcome. It might be nice. You might get it. You might get to an admission into the room without being a musician. Yeah. But once you've played, you're allowed to stay. Yeah. It's just like a conversation. And, and I think with that drum, like you said, you get to uh, like change the texture of the sound and, and soften it or increase it without, you know, without being uh, like forcing yourself into the room. You just kind of like you're saying, you're, you're speaking their language, you know, and mm-hmm. doing it the way you want. Um, I want to just pause for a second and give people a, a little taste here. And we'll do, I want to do this uh, first track called Eloquent.
Excellent. And this is this is the Prayer Garden, the title of this, correct? Yes, the Prayer yeah. Garden is the album. Right. It comes out October 16th. And we released one single last Friday, and there will be a single released each week until the album comes. And the the project really was born in Mongolia. And it was born out of an idea. I went, you know, people even say, why did you go to Mongolia? And I went there for a few reasons. One was I wanted to unplug myself from the world for a little while. I wanted to get away from social media and email and whatever news was going on. And I just wanted to get away. And what better place to get away than Mongolia, yeah. right? From an American perspective, we're like, right. what? That's yeah. that's so far away. And my my response is, exactly. Yeah. It's so far away. And it's hard to get to Mongolia. Uh, Genghis Khan Airport is where you land, which is, is pretty right? awesome. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Genghis Khan is in everything there. There's Genghis imagine. Khan brand you know, cornflakes and vodka and whatever. It's Genghis Khan brand. Yeah. Uh, and their airport is Genghis Khan Airport. So uh, so when we went there, we spent the first week uh, just going to every concert we could and meeting musicians everywhere. And then we had a guide take us into the Gobi Desert and we stayed in a gurt and we were just, there was no Wi-Fi. There was nothing except endless sky and white foxes and just enchantment i mean it, it the sand the sands are so fine and you you can't help but just when you're out there you just feel attached to the universe and the the people that have been there before you and it's just it it's magical really to be out and to have you know you're not going to take a photo and put it on your instagram right away and try to get likes you're there to be there in the moment and that's missing a lot from our days just be like i was thinking yesterday remember when we would have cameras and we would take photos and we had a photo roll right we put the film in and you have to take 24 photos and then you go get them developed when we used to take photos we didn't take it because we wanted to share it with the people we went to third grade with and stuff uh we were in high school with we weren't trying to share it with anyone we took it for ourselves yeah we took the photo because we wanted to remember this moment, whether it was our kids opening a present or whether it was whatever we wanted that. And those moments, are, they, they're just so far and few between in, in today. So in Mongolia, in the middle of a desert, you're forced to live in the moment. And it was a really spiritual, beautiful time and a peaceful time and awesome. I wouldn't want to live in the Gobi Desert but it's a great place to go to just detox, you know, from from the internet for a while and just get into your music. I brought my flutes with me, my Native American flutes, and I did a lot of recording in my garret with Jaren. Uh, she would be recording and I'd be playing. And, uh, and then at one concert, we heard this woman announcer mispronounce some English words. And to me, it sounded like she said prayer garden, but she didn't. She said the player something, uh, maybe his name or something. It, it wasn't Prayer Garden. And I thought, wow, Prayer Garden, that's a really cool concept. And so when we came back from Mongolia and COVID came out, I'm fast forwarding a bit, but my father uh, died in February. Oh, and we so came sorry. Back, yeah, we came back to Arizona to be with my mother and then COVID broke out and we were in our deep panic zone of she's 80 and she just lost her husband of 51 years. 
so she's susceptible to the COVID. Um, Where is your so mom? We were, in the New York area? Uh, no, Phoenix. Oh, okay. Phoenix. Right. Yeah. So she, yeah. So, but she had uh, actually, but when my father died, she went back to New York because I was in Brazil playing at Carnival with some hot samba schools and I couldn't get back. I was, I was working and I couldn't get back until like two weeks later. So she went and stayed with some nuns. Uh, uh, my, my aunt is a nun. And so they have a convent. My, my mom stayed there and that's in New York. Yeah. where COVID was like getting at that time, very, very large and crazy. Yeah. So we got back and we had to take care of her. We had to take care of, you know, the business of, you know, when someone passes away, all the stuff you got to deal with. And I needed an escape for myself and we couldn't get out of the house. And so between my wife and I, we created the prayer garden and it, was a live stream at first and I I've worked for television for 10 years so I've done a lot of soundscapes and background music and I wanted to provide for myself what I've done for others for 10 years right which was provide myself the vibe yeah. to do something and so I worked at creating this cinematic soundscape that would go underneath it and then I would play and we created this beautiful well not we my wife created this beautiful uh, stage and I would sit and I'd play the prayer belt, the bowl, and then I'd play the flute and the music would go. And it was a nice experience. And it had really rapid um, excitement on social media, which made us think, oh, I guess other people like this too. And then I went into full, like, let's get some really pristine sounding tracks. And I also play space drum on, on there. I'm a percussionist. And so on, on that track you just played, that one was featuring space drum. And there's not a lot of music that features virtuosic space drum playing. If you if you go on to social media and you look at space drum uh, players, a lot of them are not trained percussionists, and that's okay. The drum and the music is for all of us, and it doesn't matter what level you are. If you're getting enjoyment, do it. And I say for everyone, just play it. I don't I don't care if you're professional or not. Um, but the fact is, most of them, you as a as a professional percussionist, I can look at it and say, oh yeah, that person doesn't really know what they're doing but it's it's giving them joy it sounds cool um but i i did spend so many thousands of hours playing mallet percussion marimba vibraphone uh steel pan anything so when i get a space drum oh i know where these notes are i know i can transfer my skills from marimba onto this and and so i wanted to play something that was a bit of a flourish and a bit virtuosic but also musical it has to be melodic and because the prayer garden is supposed to bring you somewhere and deeper into a meditational state or a relaxed state. I, I wanted to play virtuosically, but I also wanted to keep as my guiding light, musicality, me melody, and mood, and make sure even if I'm playing a lot of fast 30 second notes or something, that they're soft enough, that they're tasteful enough, that they're bringing the listener somewhere. I'm always looking to make sure the spirit of the piece is paramount and my playing should only be supporting the goal of the piece. Uh, so if the goal of the piece is to bring people peace and bring people to a, a calming thing, then I can't just be banging away. I have to be very tasteful in what I do. It's an awesome challenge. And the deeper you get into practicing and recording it and listening to the track, you start to listen to the track that it's funny. You, you wrote the track. But as you're recording and practicing to it, you let the track speak to you. 
and you start to learn what the track wants. And it's weird because you created it. You should know what the track wants. But now the track is its own entity. It's its own thing. It has its own characteristics. And you listen back at it and you say, oh, oh, I should be playing this here. Oh, that's what you want. And you get a relationship going with the music you just wrote. It's a funny experience. Yeah, and it's the, something I would go ahead. No, I was just I wanted to comment on um, the fact that I love what you're doing in here, and I hear your flute playing all over this, along with all the other um, the flute me meaning the lead part, or yes. you know this the the yeah. most profound or prominent melody in the, in the yeah. track, and you left a lot of air and and a lot of space for everything to breathe. So I think the album is very pure and it's very ethereal and beautiful. I love this kind of music. It's just really right up my alley. As a matter Thank of fact, um, as a singer-songwriter who writes poetry or poetic, um, you know, um, lyrics, um, my favorite thing is is this kind of stuff or um, uh, fingerstyle acoustic guitar playing instrumental <laughs> to, to relax mm -hmm. to and to, to think with, you know. So I want to just introduce this next one and let everybody get a, ch a taste of inhale. Here we go.
that was inhale really um you really hit a chord on this record in you know in its entirety colin such a great craft of piece of music and um you know i guess you're in a really good space if you're writing this kind of stuff you know i i wasn't but i wanted to be (laughs) Yeah. yeah i wasn't but i wanted to be yeah and i wrote it in the middle of just like everyone else getting bombarded with bad news day after day and the anxiety, the apprehension, not knowing how to protect yourself from this thing and the the political back and forth about the best uh, step forward. I was, and I had just lost my father. I wasn't, but I wanted to be. And so I, I knew I wanted to be somewhere and music has always been an escape for me. And so I worked pretty hard at creating it. And my, my wife was incredibly uh, instrumental and and just very helpful in helping me and helping both of us really I think we both needed it was an escape and so we we took all the stuff out of one of our rooms we turned it into a studio <laughs> we'd set out the blue lights and then when we were in that room we were at a, in a good spot and yeah. we were in a good place where I could create um, and it did turn out and I'm glad you used the word record because I wrote these tracks as really the tracks are about 15 minutes long, but we don't have records anymore. We have singles and we have streams. So what I did knowing that was I then built our technology into the composition of the piece. And so every about four to five minutes, the key would change, some different percussion elements or synthesized elements would come in and I would play in a new key and a new piece. But what I want is for the listener to start with inhale and go through the three movements <clears throat> that inhale's attached to. Right. No, it's it was a great, great piece, um, piece of work. But you know, I just wanted to mention when you were describing earlier about what it felt like in Mongolia, and you're t- describing the sand and the color and the textures and the foxes and all the things you just you mentioned. Mm-hmm. This music was playing in my head. It's just <laughs> like you looped it like for me I didn't yeah. even have to do anything and I'm like I know where he is you know just I heard his music this morning <laughs> yeah you know wherever you travel to you bring a little piece of that back with you yeah if you're lucky and for me that trip um it's still paying off dividends to me now um I I encourage everyone that feels like hey they just need a little break from technology and being alive in 2020 yeah to just you know, just take take some initiative to like, well, what could I do? Maybe you can't fly to Mongolia. Fine. You could listen to the prayer garden. Yes. <laughs> That'll yes. help. <laughs> um, and that's that's one thing I want to provide is, okay, I was fortunate enough to, to go out there. This is what I brought back and I can share it with you. And it would be nice to just play that music, turn off your computer and just play the music and just be alive for those five minutes. Just be alive and let your imagination take you where you want it to go. And if things from works, you know, somehow get into your mind while you're listening to music, that's fine. You know, let it go in there and then let it pass out like a wave. And then just just be alive in, in the moment of the music. Um, and you picked up on the, the use of space. And I'm a big, uh, I guess, what's the word? I'm a big proponent of using space in your music. Yeah. Uh, one thing a lot of composers and performers forget is that one of the best things they can do with their music and with their instrument is just not play yes uh, because <laughs> silence is a note ah what is i'm very sorry about this that's okay 
I can't tell where the disconnect is coming. It's true. It's called Embrace the Silences because that's what makes music so beautiful is the spaces, you know? Yes. And, and, and our favorite our favorite singers, our favorite musicians, they knew how to milk the rests. And like James Brown's band, right? Now, yeah. James Brown, you would say, what does that have to do with the prayer garden? But James Brown's band knew how to play the rests. Yeah. They played, they felt the rests in their heart just as much as when they were playing a note. Yeah. And that's why it hits so hard. And that's why we still love that vibe because they internalized not only the notes they played, but the notes they didn't play. Right. Um, and so in the prayer garden, it's also about the notes you play and the notes you don't. Yeah, so when it, it seems like it seems like when you, you it takes a long time, at least for me personally, I, I feel like that's a maturity thing that it takes, you know, your ten thousand hours or, or whatever, some of us takes longer or less time to appreciate because when you're young, you just you just grab it and you want to play everything and you want to be heard and you're you're trying to you know you're trying to get audience and you're trying to do your best to, and you don't realize that it's better to it's like what you play and what you don't play is even more important you know and and just allowing the music to breathe. So that's I think what I'm appreciating really so much on the on the prayer garden is um, all the space that you allowed. It reminds me of. Um, the effort of uh, Dark Side of the Moon. It's like one of those records that you just like, you never get tired of it because there's always something new bubbling up in it. And it's usually the space that you remember. And it's like, oh, that, that note just came out of like this hollow of silence. And like, where did that come? Never noticed that before. You know, and this, um, I think you did something similar here. Really great. Thank you. Yeah, as a drummer, um, it's definitely something that you have to learn as as you age and and as you get more gigs and as you're playing that uh what i when i teach drummers um what i what i teach is what i was taught and that is if you're the drummer in the band the best compliments you can get after a gig isn't you were spectacular you were phenomenal you are the best drummer i've ever heard but the band was killing it tonight uh that's the best compliment you can get as a drummer because that means you did your job that means you supported the music, you were listening to the bass player, you were listening to the singer, and you gave the music what it needed, and you didn't give it more than it needed, you gave it what it needed. And you didn't take the spotlight and put it on you, you let the spotlight be on the band. Uh, and that, when we spend our 10,000 hours, you know exactly how hard this is. You spend that much time, you want that recognition. You want to be looked at, because you can play really hard stuff. But if the music doesn't need you to play that hard stuff, then don't uh, and just play what the music needs. You have to maybe in our 10,000 hours of practicing, one thing we don't practice and maybe we can't is how to respect the music. You know, we're, we're always internal in our, our practice room is we need to improve ourselves, but we're not spending time learning how to respect the music and learn what the music needs. We just know that we can't play at 144 when we play this drum fill and we need to get our BPM up. So we just practice our chops. And we also need to spend just as much time on listening uh, because in, in listening, we can be a better performer. And in being a better performer, you'll get more gigs. <laughs> but it's very hard to understand that uh, in the beginning, especially when you're trying so hard just to nail some groove 
that you can hear your favorite drummer playing and why can't I play that? So you get in the room and you're doing it over and over. Um, we do become very self-centered in that way of I need to improve, but we need to be music-centered. Yeah. How about morning air? Check this out, folks.
can you tell us about your process for creating this? Did you do this all in in um, Mongolia? Did you do this? Where did you record these? Like, where were you at the time? Were you moving around or just in the one place that you described? So it, it's been a bit of a journey. The music started to be created in Mongolia. That's where the seeds for the garden were planted. Right. Um, that's where I recorded in the garret and I recorded some of the initial ideas. Uh, but I didn't have the time to, you know, the, the hardest part of writing is rewriting. So while I write, wrote some of the initial ideas and I had a small portable keyboard also that I brought with me, like a two octave, really thin, very portable keyboard that I was able to also play uh, some of the synthesized stuff into. And that was all done in this little tent type thing. Uh, yeah, so I, I wrote that. And then when I got back and we had the time from, uh, the quarantine, then I was able to expand on it and make it, you know, and I spent so much time editing, mixing. I brought in a good friend, Eric Zhang, who's a phenomenal audio engineer. And Eric Zhang took the tracks after I thought they were perfect. And because he has a higher level of engineering and just an awesome ear, he was able to take it and say, oh, yeah, that's good. But what if we trim the frequencies here? And what if we do this? And I said, yeah, genius, do it. You know, so we were able to just really make it pop. Uh, so it was, it's a probably eight month process or 10 months uh, from ideas, recording the ideas down, and then acting as a composer and really filling it all out. Uh, it, it took quite a while. What platform do you use? Are you uh, Pro Tools or do you use? Uh, I use Logic. Logic, yeah, that's what yeah. I use too. It's a great that's what I'm on now yeah. these days. Is Jaron a music, uh, music, musician also? She is not. Okay. So, so she's, but she's a music fan. She yeah, likes music. That's okay. Yeah. That's all really good. Um, so in your travels now, you're, you're staying in Oregon for how long? I mean, it sounds like well, you're really enjoying it. I am, but until the end of the year, and then at the end of the year, we'll make a decision on, you know, where to go next. And, and uh, some of that's dictated on what happens around us. And so, yeah, you know, but we have plans until the end of the year. Any preference? Are you guys like, you, oh. is there a tug of war going on? Like between? Oh, you know, no. Or, yeah. No, I would say, no, we're, we're, we're pretty uniform in, in what we want. And we would like to get back to Turkey. Um, she's from Turkey. We met in Turkey. I, I had lived there off and on for about three years. And we would like to go back. Um, we know we want to retire in Turkey. Uh, so... But as far as our immediate future, that's a little bit more of a question mark. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. It's a great big world out there. I'm I'm uh, engaged now, like I shared with you the last time we talked, and uh, she's up in New Jersey still, and and then I'm in Tennessee, and I said I am not changing my, I'm not coming back. I'm not changing my address. But right. the cool thing is, one of the benefits of COVID was. Everybody can work remote, you know. So yes, she was in yes. India when this thing broke, and then I said, "You got to get out of there because I'm listening to the news and it's not good." And she got out just in time. But then all of a sudden, everything changed, and now, you know, the world is working remote. And so, yes. so we're like, we can go anywhere; it doesn't really matter. Yes, you know, it's like exactly. my home base is Nashville, but I don't have to live here like twelve months a year. I can exactly all kinds of and places. I mean, I've really embraced that. I've been living that for about since 2017 yeah and uh you know we're not trees we yeah. don't have these roots that stuck us in the ground we're human and humans have moved yeah. throughout 
the history of our species, we move. And uh, I think there's a lot of benefit to that. And I think since technology is where it is because of a horrible virus, it's going to give a lot of people more freedom that if they want to go see somewhere else, they want to go and they can rent a place wherever, go do it. You don't even have to retire now to travel. Yeah. You can stay at work and go travel. If there's some place you've always wanted to go to, then stop making it a dream of, I've always wanted to see Australia or Ireland or wherever and make a plan to go there. Um, set yourself a plan and a course of how to get there. And traveling is not as expensive really as as we probably if we haven't done any homework and we, we just hear the idea oh he was in you know japan must be nice or he was in whatever oh he must be a millionaire or whatever it's really not as expensive and yeah living in america is expensive yes yeah. but living in other places is not and if you can work out the details you know make a plan look it up do some research google is here you know yeah. it, you can get all the info you need so just make a plan and work it out with your your boss and and go somewhere yeah. from the prayer garden you can hear yeah i was in mongolia and if i hadn't gone i wouldn't have had the idea i wouldn't have had the album and even though i'm not there now i still have those memories they're still a part of me they've changed who i am in a way in a way for the better i think and I hope other people can do similar things. I don't want to be the weird one. <laughs> Maybe I do. I don't know. I like being a little weird. Yeah. But, you know, everyone must have some place that they'd like to see. Right? Yeah. So I, I would say go. Just go. You yeah. You're, you, we kind of think alike because I've been doing, like the last five years, I've been building a new new brands and new abilities to do exactly what you described. Is like, I don't want to be, I had a regional business for a very long time. And I said, I don't want to be tied to that anymore. I want to be able to go, just like you described, anywhere in the world and open up the laptop and be able to be doing my work, you know, and mm -hmm. I don't have to ever retire, you know, which is kind of my goal, actually. Right. <laughs> so, Me too, actually. Me yeah. Too. I mean, work is such a blessing. And if you're doing what you love, that you know, they say you never work a day in your life. And it's in a lot of aspects, that's very true. If you're just so impassioned about what you're doing, then um, it's just fun to get up every day, you know, and do your thing. Hey, let's do um, uh, Solace here.
soulless. So um, great titles on everything. The titles you chose for all these pieces, um, really, really, really great. Um, any any uh, thing you want to share uh, special about the track Solus um, with us? Solus is the first single we released. And we just okay. released it a few days ago. Congratulations, man. This is perfect timing. Yeah. So thank you. And I've gotten some of the best reviews for that track in my career. Um, so I'm really happy with, with the critical feedback that I've been getting. And I cannot say that for every project I've been on. Um, sometimes I'm not the most popular among uh, critics. But this one seems to have hit a mark. And it seems to have landed with people. And that is, as a musician, that's always your ultimate goal. You know, obviously we want millions of dollars and we want this and that. But on a musical level, that's not why we do it. On a musical level, we want to affect people. We want to touch people. And based on just the five days of response I've had, I think I did. I think the music did touch people. And for that, I feel really jazzed, really ready to do more. And Jaren and I are talking about how we want to uh, do an album release uh, party. And how can, we, how can we make it more you know, open to more people and a better experience overall what can we do to make the music just an experience and not just a song but something you can feel and you can let that music do for you whatever you need you know whatever you're looking for in terms of meditation in terms of an escape let's let's be that outlet for people you're on your way my friend it's really really great um i want to just circle back to something you said earlier about when you were interviewing musicians from other countries um and you talked about communicating by using musical instruments, which is the, the best way. Um, do you find it um, difficult to find people to translate or is English malleable enough in most all countries that you can get somebody um, who can help you with you know, certain languages that are just um, too, too far to, to reach into and, and have a, you know, an efficient uh, dialogue with somebody? How does that work for you? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, it depends on the country. And I think it was Mark Twain, but it was someone that had traveled and said that uh, despite the advances of the world, when you go to other countries, they don't speak English. And we assume, I think in 2020, that everyone speaks English, but right. it's just not the case. Yeah, uh, It's not the case in Brazil. And in Mongolia, I would say Brazil and Mongolia were two places where finding... Um, reliable English uh, translators was difficult. So Brazil, and, that surprises me, really. Wow. Yeah, well, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you could find English. What's really surprising is I thought my Spanish would be helpful. I know they don't speak Spanish, but I did a couple months of Duolingo Portuguese, and I thought, well, it looks similar enough, sounds similar enough. But actually finding sp people who speak Spanish was harder, harder than English. Uh, and the, the, I worked for Porta de Pedra, a great uh, samba school, and the mestre of Porta de Pedra, he speaks English. And I had actually met him in New York City playing in a samba band there, and he was visiting. And, actually, and that's how I got the invite to come and join him for Carnival. So he spoke English, but very few people other than him were speaking English. And in Mongolia, they speak, if they speak a second language, it's Russian. And finding English speakers was was difficult. How many yeah. languages are you up to now? 
because, uh, you know, well, being, you're so well-traveled. I know you're picking it up, like, as you're going through your career. Um, you've been for a while, but, um, like, where, where I would are say, you? you know, fluency, fluency, and I was fluent for a while in Spanish, and it's really dropped. And I've noticed that when I went back to Arizona, and uh, I was not as good as I thought. And the funny thing, I can, I can speak Spanish, Laotian, and Turkish, and I wouldn't say I'm fluent in Turkish either. Uh, Laotian, I spoke for about 18 years. Uh, I was married before, and she was from Laos. And I, I was able to pick up that language over the 18 years, and that one is pretty normal. But what's funny is when you're in a foreign environment and you can speak multiple languages, sometimes your brain pops up the word in a different language that you need to say. And there's this little argument your brain has like, no, that's not, that's not right. That's not the right word. You're, you're in the wrong language. And what's even funnier is when you say the wrong language um, and your brain, all your brain knows is it's not English. It's foreign to me. So it's got to be right. Yeah. <laughs> so you just say it and then you get the most cr crazy look from the person like, what? Yeah. What? And then you go, oh, oh, uh, wrong word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that happens to me. I don't know if that's a universal problem or if that's just a Colin O'Donohue problem. I've heard um, that but, before. Other people have shared that with me. And I, I'm not a, a language person at all. I wish I was. But um, it's funny, though, right? You're, yeah. It's, it's just funny how the brain works. The brain knows it's not English. It knows it's tomato. It says the word. And they look at you like, huh? Yeah. And then you're thinking, I definitely said it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, no, you didn't. You yeah. said it in some other language that doesn't help me right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty funny how that works. Listen, as we're wrapping up, I want to ask you, how are your kids doing? So my kids are, are doing well. You know, the, the, uh, the quarantine is not easy for anyone. Yeah. And the, the ramifications it has on my, I have twin girls that are eight. I have a 13-year-old boy and I have a boy, well, a man now right. uh, at ASU. And so it, it affects them all differently. Um, you know, I, I would say all things considered, they're doing awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy with how they're doing. Great, great. Um, Colin, any last words of wisdom or any shout out you would like to do? Or of course, we're going to put all the links for everything. And also that one, uh, Jaron shared with me, Spotify that came in, uh, I think this morning. So we'll put that also in the, sh in the show notes, but, um, any last words that you would just like to convey to everybody listening in, uh, about the prayer garden, about all of your, your work with, um, you know, your maestro, uh, career and, um, and anything you want to say at all? Oof, how many minutes? <laughs> well, no. Well, first, I want to thank you. Uh, your show has always been fun, and I really, I do enjoy speaking with you, and I've, I've enjoyed our podcasts, and uh, this one is no, no different. It's, it's great. So first, awesome. thank you. You're welcome, my friend. And of course, next is my wife and my partner in, in, the, t in the company, uh, Jaren O'Donohue. She's instrumental in getting all this stuff happening as you know, because she helped you out with yes. this one. And then Eric Zhang was the uh, assistant. He was the audio engineer on the Prayer Garden. And I would really encourage people to try checking it out. Check out the Prayer Garden and see if that music does help you. And I hope it does. And I would love to hear from other people. And uh, the Prayer Garden, I want, I have just the backing tracks. So if a musician wants to take the backing tracks and record their own stuff, um, that's free. I'm more than happy to send the track to them and let them 
take the piece and and record their own thing and i would love to hear what they do with it and so yeah i guess my my closing things are just check out the prayer garden check out the music um you know find some solace any way you can uh in this time i think we all need it and for me it's been music for me it's been the, the prayer garden project for other people it might be something else but i would encourage all of us for our all of our sakes to take some time out every day close your phones close your computers meditate go for a walk with the trees whatever and you know take some time to get to know yourself uh because it's so easy with the dings on our phone to just uh just forget who we are so i would encourage people to just take a step back i think we're all going to benefit um you you've enjoyed the prayer garden music and others have and that's because i took some time out and i just unplugged and i wanted to give back from my experience of doing that and i think when everyone else takes some time out to do it the same thing i think that's one step towards us healing as a country and as a world a chance to heal just take some time out for yourself fill your own tank back up with whatever gets you going and just please you know for your own sake just just do it because it really does help great one little uh note i forgot to mention folks when you were listening to solace for you folks on the podcast that don't know this uh that's the video also which is really really fine uh mm. if you want to relax check out this video and uh, we'll post this when this finally gets to our um to our youtube channel as well so Colin, always a pleasure to see you. Um, I thank you so much for always being the ultimate creator. You're the most ubiquitous guy I know as far as a, a create, creative monster, man. You never stop. You're always doing Thanks. something. And it's so good to see. It's really, um, I look forward to all of your creations, and it's always a pleasure. And I just want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your family, Jaron, your new marriage, and uh, all your projects, uh, that they be blessed. Thanks, and all the same to you. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did, hanging out with Colin, uh, such a talented man and uh, a good guy to hang with, really always something new in his life. So that's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but let's all stay connected. I was connected. Everybody knew my name Wise guys and movie stars Would line up like cocaine I was connected I was the master in God we trust